Have you ever heard the story about the guy who was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied well before the book of Acts? We're going to talk about that today. Hello and welcome to the Mimic Move podcast. This is the Healing Place. It's the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves what is happening here. And today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are finishing up a mighty journey uh, through <laughs> the Luke chapter one. Uh, this has been a really interesting conversation just through one one chapter. Uh, How many weeks in one chapter? This is six weeks. Wow, one chapter. Uh, and that's just, that's just that. And, uh, I remember years ago, pastor, we had uh, done a series here at the healing place, uh, biblical literacy training. Mm-hmm. And you asked me to teach that class. And so we did kind of a, basically it was a, almost a beta test for midweek move. BLT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the BLT. Oh, oh man. Shockwave from the past. <laughs> well, we were doing Matthew and people were like, what are you doing after Matthew? I was like, I'll let you know when we're done with it in about a year, because it took about a year and a half to get through the book of Matthew. Yeah, you guys were a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Once a week, every Sunday. That's right. <laughs> Mr. Bill was in on that, man. He was. He was locked Mr. in. Mr. Bill was locked in. Oh, my goodness. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're dropping into uh, picking up right after where we left off, where uh, Zacharias has uh, put his foot down. Him and his wife are in one accord, and they go, his name is John. We talked about the ramifications of that. We talked about the fact that uh, the area, people were in awe of going, what kind of child will this be that his name is John, not Zacharias, and the things are taking place? They knew something was shaken. But out of this moment, now that he's said, I, as for me, my house, we're going to worship the Lord. I'm, that's, he didn't say that, but I'm saying that's what he said. Um, something miraculous happens. And we're gonna we're gonna break that down, and it's this gets far deeper uh, than I think some people in a cursory glance would re- go over would say. So let's jump into it, Pastor. Why don't we start off with uh, where we left off? Yeah, I think a, a, a pretext for this first verse that we're gonna read mm-hmm. uh, is verse sixty-seven. Is that something happened to Zacharias that had never happened to him before in the temple? Something then happens out of that that had never happened to him before, mm-hmm. not being able to speak. Then the fact that he would, in order to speak, he had to relinquish his own rights and what he wanted for his son and submit to the word of God. In writing, his name is John. And in the writing of that, the, the writing it in the public declaration in writing. His name is John. His mouth opens now. He can speak. So all of these things that had never happened to him before. And now, because he keeps to the word of God, now something happens to him that has not been recorded that has ever happened to him before. Mm. We've already established he's a righteous man. Mm. But something is about to happen to him that even in the Old Testament, you know, when when, when Samuel uh, goes to the house of Jesse because God says, look, I'm, I'm lifting my hand off of Saul mm-hmm. and the king is in Jesse's house. Mm-hmm. And Samuel goes and he's looking around and he's looking at all these handsome young men and he's saying, that's got to be the king. It's like, nope, that's got to be, nope. All the way through him and he's like, is this all your kids? And Jesse says, no, I've got the youngest one. 
and he's out tending the sheep and the goats. Bring him to me. Nobody sit down. Scriptures are clear. They stood until he got there. Right. I think that's pretty interesting. There's a whole <laughs> teaching about that. But David comes in, and Samuel prophesies over him that he's the king. And, it, and the Word of God says the Spirit came upon David, mm. not in him, but came upon him and lifted from Saul. Right. But here, this is pre-birth of Jesus. Right. Not just pre-Acts, you know. Mm-hmm. But this is pre-birth of Jesus, verse 67. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Mm. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now prior to this, the vocabulary filled Holy Spirit, it's not something you've heard commonly. No. We Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she began to... Uh, um, whenever uh, her child sensed jo- uh, Jesus and Mary. But before it was the Holy Spirit was upon people. He surrounded people. But this feeling, why is this important, this phraseology? Well, why again, is it so special? Yeah, it is literally an infilling mm-hmm. of the Spirit of God being in you, mm-hmm. not just on you. Mm. On you being a protective, right, mm-hmm. a covering, um, but now we have an infilling because verse 41 of Luke 1 is, is clear that it's not John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit when she greeted Mary, right? Mm-hmm. And she knew, and even the baby that's inside of her knows that something's happening, mm-hmm. leaps in her womb, and she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And now Zacharias is filled with the Holy Spirit. This is something... Like you said, this was not something that anyone had really had any context for. Mm-hmm. And so when when it talks about now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied, it's not ever written that Zacharias had ever prophesied either. Right. So now there's this infilling of the Holy Spirit and he prophesies. And the mm-hmm. reason one of the reasons why this is important is because we try to put God in this nice tidy little box. And he does everything in our timeline. Mm-hmm. And he does it exactly the way that we think he should. But there's no way. Many will try to do some theological gymnastics around this, mm-hmm. around this filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They will they will try to wordplay you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And do some gymnastics to get around the fact that he literally is filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. But in any original language study, it is filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's not on. It's in. Right. And again, if your theology tells you that Acts chapter 2 is the only, like, that's the moment. Yeah. Or it's the only moment. Yeah, Jesus hasn't even been born yet, and Zacharias is filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know where you want to land with that, but it's clear. (laughs) It's, It's clear. Right. And this is not normal. This is not something that's normal. This is not something that is happening to everyone. Yeah. This is not even happening to the people in the priesthood. This is not normal. Mm-hmm. But this birth of this child was not normal either. Mm-hmm. And this child is not normal. Yeah. All the people have already marveled at what kind of child is this. With all this stuff that's going on, and they're naming him John, and Zacharias hasn't had a voice, for, and now he's speaking, 
and now the fear of the Lord has come on the land, yeah. awe and reverence for God, not a being afraid, but just a presence of the Lord mm -hmm. that now has come. As we know, coming out of 400-plus years or 300-plus years of right. no worth, now the, the presence of God seems to be everywhere, and, and Zacharias has been obedient to do what God told him to. And because of that, now he's being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesies about this eight to ten day old boy, right? And what he will be. Yeah. And sometimes we forget. We we go to Joseph and we will go to Mary and what they're saying about Jesus and all of that. And everything is about Jesus. But if but we are the forerunners now. Mm -hmm. So really, this is kind of a part of our story. Yeah. Of being forerunners. This is what being a forerunner is all about. Yeah making it known that Jesus is coming again. And, and so that's why it's so important when, when it says Zacharias filled with the Holy Spirit and his wife filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And they were in one accord. Um, so I'm, what he's about to go into, just kind of church history-wise, this is what we call the, uh, the Benedictus, and, uh, which is a Latin term basically for, for blessing. And this is, um, church history will records us as um, one of those modern hymns uh, that they had back then. <laughs> like, this is a, a hymn that he's putting forth. So it's it's a prophetic song. Now, this is Hebrew Hebraic poetry, so uh, there's not necessarily a rhyme and cadence like we have today with certain things. But this is a type of poetic, prophetic song that's taking place here. Well, and that word uh, prophesied there mm -hmm. in, in 67 also has a synonym of established. Mm -hmm. So... Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and established, like he's making this an edict, not just for everybody, but for him right. in raising this child. Mm. And so he says, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Now, here's why each one of these verses is, is important, mm -hmm. because he's alluding to the Old Testament. He's calling to that which has already been spoken. Right. So when you have... Verse 68, blessed is the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and redeemed his people. So 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 48, Psalm 106. Mm. So when he's prophesying, he's not just prophesying new things, but he's calling back to those things that have already been prophesied that right. this is that. Right. And again, even when it says now his father Zacharias, you can even look at that terminology and go back to Joel chapter 2, mm -hmm. where... Uh, turning the hearts of the fathers back to, because who's John the Baptist? He's come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Right. So it's, again, there's so many things that are being fulfilled in this one moment. Right. I don't know if Zacharias can do this without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. Because we think priesthood today, preacher, pastor, and back then we tried to equate those things, but it was very different the way that it looked and the yeah. way that it, the way that it manifested itself. Yeah. Real quick before you go on, I just want to, some people are like, man, how does pastors know this stuff? It's uh, Some of it is that you've studied this out before, but you're you're using a tool. I want to, just for those who are like new to Bible study, if you have a, a Bible uh, that has margins in the middle like this, like you'll see like like random letters in there, 
don't read the A or the B. Uh, it sounds really <laughs> yeah. weird. Of And the Lord B said, no. <laughs> Those are markers. And normally there's a passage somewhere down here in the middle. So like that goes, hey, go look at this. I know that right now on his phone, he has several of those markers on his phone that point yeah. back to those things. So if you're like, man, how do I get this? Because we've had people ask that question before. Like, man, how do you get the information? Some of it, yes, we, you and I have nice study Bibles, but some of it's just basic tools in most Bibles are out yeah. there. We want to encourage you guys, use what you have. <laughs> yeah, and if you've got the, if you've got the, if you've got like a version Bible app. Oh, they're great. You'll normally see like a little uh, speaking cloud. Yeah. You press that, it'll give you the context back to mm-hmm. whatever the, passage or forward to whatever passage yeah. uh, that it links to. Same language. So like uh, verse 68, it would go back to Kings and Psalms, but then when it says, is Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, that goes back to Exodus chapter 3. Right. So then he says, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us, and this is key here, mm. in the house of his servant David. Right. Now, we just talked about this. Two weeks ago on the show. Two weeks, weeks ago already. about why is the Davidic line so important. Right. Um, and again, here is uh, Zacharias prophesying this, and, and you can go back to Samuel, you can go back to Psalm, even Ezekiel 29, 21, about the horn of salvation. Mm-hmm. And then verse 70 um, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, again, hearkening back, mm-hmm. who have been since the world began. Mm. So as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets. So this is, this is something that he's, again, this is, where we, this is where we get mixed up with prophecy, is that uh, this happened son, uh, uh, two weeks ago, Sunday morning. Um, I was what some would say prophesying, mm-hmm. right? So I had preached. We were praying for people, and then I said, "Hey, I just really feel like there is, there is the the prophetic gift is about to flow." Mm-hmm. I just felt it. Yeah. Now I didn't have any general direction. I just kind of felt that. Well, the, as I began to see people, I would see someone, and I would say, "Hey, da 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 da." Some of it wasn't quote unquote prophecy. Mm-hmm. It was things that I knew about that person from the past that God was trying to remind them of ah. that he gave them back here. Mm-hmm. For others, it was new information. Mm-hmm. For others, it was calling out things that they were inside of them, but they just not had allowed. So for some people, I was going, look, this is not a prophecy. Yeah. I just want to remind you today of. But the very act of that yeah. is prophetic. Yeah, yeah. Because prophetic is not just a foretelling of what's to come. Right. It, it, it is not just a for, F-O-R-E, telling. It is a forth telling mm. of what the Lord has said, right. is saying, or is going to say. Right. So what Zacharias is doing here, he's not just saying this about my son now and what's to come. He's hearkening back to what's already been said. Right. Prophecy is not... Being like a psychic and being able to tell the future type thing. Mm-hmm. So we just dealt this in our student ministry. Actually, a student we were talking about prophecy. And a student said, "Well, it's talking about what's going to happen in the future." It's like not always. That's right. It's sometimes what God has done, and that stirs up inside of people and it changes things forward. Um, Which the foretelling aspect of prophecy, the prophetic gift, is is one of the easiest ways that the deceiver can come in mm-hmm. to deceive, and take it more toward a medium mm-hmm. psychic whatever yeah 
you want to go because a word of knowledge is always the awakener, yeah. the awakening, a word of knowledge. When you tell somebody a word of knowledge, it always. Yeah. That's why phone scammers, um, you know, call this number mm. for the psychic. Yeah. They've got on a computer where you're calling from. <laughs> They're like, I'm seeing a four and a seven and a nine. Uh, is that a street? Oh, that's my address. I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Come on. <laughs> but that seemingly sense of a word of knowledge awakens you, and then boom, your barriers come down, and now right. you're kind of open to certain things. I want to point out why we're still in the 70s, uh, the, the whole phraseology, as he spoke by uh, the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began. This gives us kind of a glimpse into our, our Christology and the fact that this Jesus was not a plan B. Jesus wasn't a... You know, well, we've really messed up, so let me take about 200 years to reset things, and then here comes Jesus. From the beginning, yep. all the way back to Genesis, there is what uh, is often called in theology uh, circles the scarlet thread that points to Jesus Yep. today. All the way, you go all the way back. One of the greatest things that ever happened for a friend of mine is uh, he was struggling with some stuff with faith, Holy Spirit, and everything like that. I took him to Genesis, and we just walked through Genesis up through the New Testament of how God moved in people, Holy Spirit. And he's like, wow. Because so we put so much emphasis on just, oh, just New Testament forward or just the epistles. But when we see the totality of it, from the beginning, God has been doing stuff and shaking. We've seen types and shadows from the beginning and how they come so clear in the New Testament. Yep, It changes a person's life. That's right. Uh, verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Again, he's alluding back. Uh, verse 72 is going to allude back to Leviticus. Uh, uh, I think it's 26. Um, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. And mm -hmm. again, we can go back to Genesis 12, 22. Um, yeah. uh, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. Again, going back. Yeah. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Mm. Verse 75, in holiness and righteousness before him. And back to like Jeremiah 32, yeah. in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Yeah. And now, so now he's talking to everybody. Right. All right. So his mouth is loose. He's, he's declaring this openly, mm -hmm. reminding everybody and who's everybody. Friends, right. neighbors, and relatives. Yeah. And so he's reminding them of what God has said. But now he says, and you, child. Mm. He's prophesying over his child. Right. Listen, Dallas said this last time, but fathers, mothers, you need to be prophesying over your children. You need to be speaking over your children. Mm. You need to be praying over your children. You need to be modeling it. Not just children. reading something off a piece of paper. You need to lay your hands on your children, mm. and you need to pray over them. You need to prophesy over them. You know, the, 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 uh, uh, there was a morning where, you know, Jace had been sick all weekend, bless his heart, and my little grandson. And, 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 and so Tanya brings him to the house early in the morning, and I'm walking by him on my way out. And, man, I laid my hands on him, and I was like, hey, buddy, you feeling okay? And he was like, yeah. You know, and I was like, man, in the name of Jesus, you know. And he kept playing with his trucks, and it wasn't like we bowed our heads and closed our eyes or anything, but I was prophesying over him. Lord, just healing him in Jesus' name, Jesus. 
Jesus. I'll speak in the name of Jesus over him, and people will be like, oh, that, no. I, it doesn't matter if he understands what's going on. I'm setting the atmosphere. Right. I'm creating the atmosphere of faith. Yeah. I'm not allowing the accusation of the enemy to come against him. Mm-hmm. I'm declaring faith over his life. Word. And Zacharias is not just talking to everybody. Now he turns his attention to his son, and he says, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest. Mm. He is prophesying that. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. For you will go. Now, again, this is Isaiah chapter 40 and Malachi 3. Mm-hmm. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way, yeah. his ways. That is forerunner, yeah. to prepare the way of the Lord. Right. And this is also him clearly linking what was said earlier. John's going to be coming in the spirit and power of Elijah. Yep. He's directly linking John to that prophecy itself. That's right. To give knowledge of salvation, again, this is, harkens back to like Jeremiah uh, 31, mm-hmm. to give knowledge of salvation to his people. Now, who is he talking to? He's talking to his child. Right. This is what you are going to do, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by remission of sins. His son is eight to ten days old. Days. Yeah. Not years. <laughs> days. And he is prophesying over his son Old Testament prophecies. Right. He is literally teaching his eight-day-old baby of what the prophets said about him. Right. Mm. Well, they don't understand. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I want to point this out real quick while we're in this verse right here about salvation, remission of their sins. Um, there are some who will go, well, you know, the the Messiah was supposed to, was, was supposed to be a political thing, so bring freedom for the people, but... And this is where we, we understand, like, yes, the front end, there is a level of this political aspect about being free from the enemies, but it's made very clear, not just here, but throughout everything. God is not just concerned about the physical state of a person, but their spiritual man, the remission of sins, being made whole in his sight. This is a, a key point that um, we have to hold to as Christians, that this is about our souls. And he's already spoken about the holy covenant and the oath which mm-hmm. was through blood yeah remission of sins through blood right so uh, again you, the political thing doesn't really hold weight mm-hmm. like this is speaking of the messiah right through the tender mercy of our god mm. with which the day spring from on high has visited this was, this was a language they understood mm. day spring from on high has visited us and again, Isaiah chapter 9, um, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. And, of course, Isaiah had a lot to say about pretty much everything there from 78 and 79. Yeah. If I, w- I want to point out here, Vex 78, through the tender mercies of our God, I... I don't have it in this version of my Bible. <laughs> Some other Bibles, I had that line underlined through the tender mercies of our God because that's why, like, Jesus coming through, Jesus being our Savior, this is an act of mercy upon us. This in this whole vocabulary of the day spring from on high and giving light to the land, it's just literally the, the imagery is of a sun rising at dawn and just covering the land in light. And it's not just about just the people, the people of Israel. 
Because again, he's already made references back to the early conversations of, of Abraham, where God says that his descendants would be bring hope not just to his people, but to everyone, the Gentiles even, basically. This is a mercy upon us. Jesus is God's mercy to us for hope in life. And we've also covered that this was a this was a this was a time of darkness. Mm-hmm. And he's saying the day spring to do what? To give light. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it is a hopeful word to an entire people mm-hmm. of what they've been living in. Yeah. And that which they've been praying for and believing for is happening. Exactly. Is happening. And then verse 80. And there's a lot to verse 80. <laughs> so the child grew and became strong in spirit. And was in the deserts, plural, till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Now, this is an interesting uh, verse here. Um, We've talked about often over the last couple weeks that uh, John wasn't just some weirdo. The way he dressed, the way he acted, it wasn't because he was trying to be strange. He wasn't trying to make a statement. Uh, He wasn't the punk rock version of the, you know, early centuries. But it's the culture. And uh, you you brought something I, I just genuinely didn't know about. Uh, why is it interesting that he was raised in the deserts or the wilderness, as some translations say? Uh, and why was he not raised up in Israel, where everything went down to begin with? Or not Israel, Jerusalem? Well, many, many believe, um, historical context, that Zacharias and Elizabeth died hmm. when John the Baptist was a child. And that he was raised by family, which would have been in the wilderness of Judea. Um, from every um, aspect of where he was born, it seems to be in Kadam. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yet here it talks about he was in the wilderness, and from the wilderness of Judea, and that seems to lean towards him being raised by extended family. Mm-hmm. And again, we, we covered this, so we don't have to cover it anymore, but the camel hair, the locust, the honey, that's that was that was culture in the wilderness of Judea. Right. So he wasn't trying to be strange or weird or right. anything. <laughs> if um, I could put that in context, we just were at a wedding this past weekend and um, out in uh, Delhi, Louisiana, and if you've never heard of Delhi, Delhi was actually in the city compared to where we had the actual <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Rayville, uh, even out of Rayville, we were outside of Rayville. We were out there, but culturally, you got people coming in. You know, I'm I'm used to certain weddings where everyone's three piece suit, very mm-hmm. nice. And that's how. But culturally, we had people coming in with one family member who was a prominent member of the family. Came in with a camo hat and cowboy boots, and I think he might have just been wearing like a work jacket. Yep, <laughs> it was just culture. He wasn't, you know, oh, we're gonna do this. You know, it's this is just the culture of the people. They were, and then we had a full length. Woo! We had a guy in a full length <laughs> buttoned up Indian, yeah, covering uh, along with that. So yeah. we had all manner of. It was just the culture of the people. They weren't trying to make a statement. They weren't trying to push an agenda. It was just culture. And for anyone to come in and go, oh, no, you have to do this or you have to do that, 
No, this is the culture. Right. It's, it's a part of the culture. So it's the same thing with John. And then, you know, we, we know moving forward and uh, you guys will, you guys or me or somebody will be covering the ministry of John the Baptist, right. which is a ministry in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. It's not a ministry in Jerusalem. Right. It's a ministry in the wilderness to the point where the religious come from Jerusalem, crossing back over the Jordan mm-hmm. to go to the wilderness to hear the Word of God. Although they're going out to, to probably scheme and figure out how they can get rid of this man because right. of what he was preaching was against uh, their thought process. Right. And it was a threat to their authority and power. But I do think it's interesting that these religious Jews are crossing back over the Jordan to go to the wilderness to hear the word of God. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. <laughs> and the fact that people that hated him would still come out and listen to him because his voice was so different and the message he was preaching was so different. Right. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. You know, repent. Right. Every one of you, repent. Yeah. You know? For what? For the remission of your sins. Like he's, like he's just bringing this word, and it never records that he goes to Jerusalem and preaches in the temple. Right. It's always in the wilderness. Mm. Even though, by right, he should have been in the temple. That's right. Because of his dad. Yep. Because of his dad. Yep. Goodness gracious. Well, guys, we want to know from you what have you learned, how have we encourage you. Reach out to us, mediahub at thbstreetport.com, or check out the Facebook page, look for Midweek Move, or uh, comment here on YouTube. Let us know what your thoughts are. How can we encourage you? How can we pray with you? Uh, we don't do this just for the grins. Uh, we do it for a purpose. That's to help you make a move. And we want to know how we can do that better. So reach out to us. Until next time, have a great week.